have to go to the root. We have to go to the cause. Dealing with the condition itself is not enough. And it is because of our effort toward getting straight to the root that people oftentimes think we are dealing in hate. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to Conscious by Nature, where we talk about it because we live it and we understand it because we've been there before. We are oppressed. We are exploited. We are downtrodden. It's your boy, D. Lamar, the scholar. You know what it is. Conscious by Nature. What's good? It's your boy, the genius. This is Conscious by Nature, man. So the only way we're going to get some of this oppression and exploitation away from us or aside from us is come together against the common enemy. Catch us every week. We dropping raw, real conversations for the people. Man, black love, black culture, always conscious. A uh, hundred years ago, they used to put on a white sheet and use a bloodhound against Negroes. Today, they have taken off the white sheet and put on police uniforms. Money Mac, the pretty boys champ here with the scholar D. Lamar and the genius Tyson Area 51 Porter. Three kings. Conscious by nature, man. Check us out. YouTube, Spotify, 8 o'clock, Friday nights, man. Don't miss, man. For the culture. One love. We out. Stay conscious. What up? What it do? What's good with you? You know it's Friday. Welcome to Conscious by Nature where we talk about it because we live it and we understand it because we've been there before. Money Mac, the pretty boy's champ. You know him, the scholar, D. Lamore. Peace, peace, peace. The genius Tyson, Area 51 Porter. What's good? Special guest in the building today with us. CEO and founder of Wakanda. <laughs> yes, yes. Mr. Maurice Walmack. Welcome to the show what's up, today. What's up? Thanks for having me, fellas. Yes, yes. I'm honored. I'm honored. Go ahead, man. Had a mic. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where you from? Wakanda. Tell us yeah, your background. Yes. And- okay. Nah, Maurice Womack. Uh, I'm from Youngstown originally. That's it. You know, I got the Youngstown connection. Yeah. I'm, I'm living here in Columbus right now. Um, but my background, man, I'm an engineer, mechanical engineer by training. Um, but over the years, man, I've really gotten into STEM education, science, technology, engineering, and math, and uh, and really, really focusing on underserved communities, man, black communities, black and brown communities, Definitely. and trying to get more kids exposed to STEM um, for the purposes, actually, of entrepreneurship, really. You know, so okay. over the years, man, I've kind of refined what I what I focus on, and because of what I think the future potential is. And it's really around technology and entrepreneurship. And so that's where I really put my energies into right now, you know, and black folk. (laughs) (laughs) Anything black and African. And that's, that's where Wakanda came from. Straight up, straight up. So I, you know, I don't know if, Go into that, or you know, as we oh no, know, so. we can go on. I mean, to you that. can go on whatever yeah. you want. <laughs> so yeah, so Wakanda man is my latest venture, man. It's a it's a communal learning platform for Black folks, you know, where Black experts teach uh, the Black community, you know, through live learning events. We yeah. call them so. That's either what we call Black Talks, which is Black B L C K, which is an acronym for Bite Size Learning and Community Knowledge. Come on, now. so those are they're like TED Talks, but they're virtual, you know. And then uh, we have panel discussions, too. So a big one we're having uh, this upcoming week is uh, all of the African-American state CIOs, chief information officers Mm. from around the country, are going to be doing a a panel discussion on Wakanda. How about that, man? Yeah, so that's the highest Uh, level you get from a technology standpoint within state governments. And then all the black folks who got that position are going to have a discussion. So, um, you know, I'm good friends with the state CIO of – the state of Ohio here, you know, a, a brother named Irvin Rogers, and uh, he's helped me put that together. So. That's great, man. I mean, um, you said you're honored, but we are honored to have <laughs> you here. After the rundown? Because, like we said, anything that is um, putting a positive force on helping black and African people is what we're about here on yeah. Conscious by Nature, you know. And we're about these positive conversations for the culture. Mm-hmm. And, um, man, as soon as I knew that we had the ability to bring you on, I, I was like, we talked. We were like, we got to get Mo to come on the show, man. Uh-huh. Speak to what he's been doing and what he's yeah. going through. Yeah. So I'd like to ask you. Now, I know Wakanda. That's that's the big deal. That's that's mm-hmm. what you're doing right now. But you've done so many things. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, uh, initially, when, when I first 
found out about you doing STEM is with Oasis. Oasis, yeah. Can you speak to what that yeah, program yeah. was? Yeah, Oasis is an acronym. I love acronyms, Dang. man, because you can kind of kind of put like have a larger word, but then break it down into concepts. So Oasis is opening access to STEM in informal settings. So informal setting is like yes. the Boys and Girls Club, right? After school program, right? Any any place where it's not like a academic, strictly academic right. environment, right? So, and then Oasis is this idea of have, being an oasis in what we call STEM deserts. So we've heard of the concept food deserts, right? Right. Where it's like people don't have access to nutritional uh, meals and mm -hmm. things of that nature, fruits and vegetables. But we also have STEM deserts where kids don't have access to technology, digital spaces, uh, places to build and Man. create, right? And then typically in our communities. And so, Very common in so, our communities. So, yeah, the Oasis was like, how do we solve that problem, give kids access to quality STEM learning in environments that are like um, low stakes, right? So, like, not like school where you feel like, hey, if I mess up, then it's, I'm going to get an F or whatever. Right. But we come, we learn, and we plan. And we building, you know, so that's where Oasis was from. So. And, and when I when I seen it, that was the thing that really grabbed me is that you make it fun for these kids. Yeah, man. What um um real quick, what are the age groups of these these young kids? So uh, this was um, really we were working with kids really from K through eight. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, so yeah. you're getting them really young, yeah. really young. So when we first started, we were doing high school. And it was like, man, in high school, you either think you don't want to do STEM or science and math or, you know, because you're not good at it or you already know that you are and then you're pursuing that. And so it was like, well, we need to reach them before they make this decision. Like, I don't like math and science, you right. know, because the ones teach the ones we were teaching in high school, they already knew they wanted to be engineers and scientists. And we was like, and it's usually not us at that point. Right. right. In, in large numbers anyway. So it's like, man, we really need to hit them when they're in elementary and middle school and like show them how how good they can be, you know, because really at the core of it is creativity, man. And if if our people are known for anything it's creativity and music and, and art and all of that. Yeah. And but that really the core of that is just a bit the ability to solve problems, to think outside the box. And those are the real superstars when it comes to STEM and technology. Right. Not just the people who can code and do like nerdy quote unquote things, right? But the people who can say like, "Hey, I can use this in a different way." You know, I used to tell the kids, man, when we was growing up, if you ain't have a hoop, what'd you do? Build that crate, man. that milk crate, that on crate, the, baby. On the pole, right? <laughs> that's, that's problem solving, right? And if you think about cats that went to prison, all the contraptions they make to get yeah. their daily needs and all right, of that, right, right. it's all about creativity, man. But you just need to understand the fundamentals so that you can, you know, build now in a broader world. You know. Man, I used a hanger in the basement. Yeah, yeah. Hold and on. I had a sock. You used to roll up socks because we yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, in the bendable hanger, man. In the bend <laughs> and get a little mesh yeah. and and make the net so yeah. you know you can know you yep, made absolutely. it. Yep. Yeah. So I love the fact that you're starting at preschool. Yeah. We talked about back preschool to prison pipeline. No doubt. Mm, no doubt. Right? So that you can get the young minds early. Yeah. Shape and mold. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. And that was the goal, man, to really make it like second nature. Like, you know, for me, you know, I was blessed. My dad, he fancied himself an inventor. You know, he okay. never actually, we did some stuff together, but always witnessed that. So this the power of role model, you know what I mean? So I always saw him tinkering, drawing blueprints. And, you know, it was from a, he, he didn't have an education, but he always, he wanted to build stuff. And so I saw that growing up and everything I was into as a child, like Transformers, Star Trek, Star Wars, he pointed out the technology in those stories. Oh, wow. Right? So, like, Transformers, they're robots. He's like, you know, engineers build robots. You like Optimus Prime, you know, you can build robots. And he was like, oh, okay. So, when I'm watching these stories, I'm also connecting the technology. You know, they flying around in spaceships. You feel yeah. me? They got robots, right. R2-D2, C-3PO, you right. know. And then when Iron Man came out, let's from, go. Yeah, it was like for these kids, I was like, man, you know, he's using the engineering design process to build his first Iron Man suit. Yeah, it's Mark One. Yeah, he built it in the cave. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. But that's a prototype. No so doubt. we can talk about prototypes, which are proof of con so man, all of these stories have evidence of technology and just now you gotta flip it and make it apparent to the kids that that's what it is. You know what I mean? I so. just think that is beautiful. And we always talk about memory, timestamps, him having a great father. Don't 
Don't yeah. underestimate being there for your children Definitely. and being in their life mm-hmm. because that is a timestamp he will never forget. And look what he is building now because his father oh, is pointing out being an engineer yes. and you yes. watching Transformers. So mm-hmm. that that's beautiful. That's a great story I, I right there. Like, this, for real. Yeah, man. I <laughs> praise my father whenever I can, man. He's no longer with me, but oh, okay, then. but uh, but I. And I, I just know when I look, when you look back, it's like it was because he was pointing this out to me, you know, and uh, he recognized my aptitudes. You feel me? And then was like, and then gave me the resources, told me where to look, and it was just, it was there, you know. So you know. he said that the power of role modeling, mm-hmm. and we we said that on a different show as well. Like you never know who's watching what you're doing, mm-hmm. so make sure you're doing something that can impact or show somebody something positive. Don't think that, oh, well, nobody's watching me. I can just act a snot fool out here, man. <laughs> Somebody's watching what you do. Uh, you know, I've had people come up to me in my professional life and ask me how I move or why I'm doing something. And I say, well, okay, young man, you want to learn? Let me show you. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea that I was being viewed as a role model. So you always have to do that. Um, so that that was a great story about that, man. Thanks, so, man. Yeah, that's... Like I said, when I talk to the kids and when I even when I go in to talk to administrators trying to do STEM programs, it's this idea of like I've been where these kids are, you know, and I understand that they need to see somebody like me or my employees who are typically black and brown individuals coming in. They're the knowledge bearers, right? right? And they're teaching the kids, you know what I mean? So all of that, it, it all kind of works together, you know what I mean? So. Okay. That's, I, I love it. I love it, man. That's uh. Man, that's he is fire, man. We're going to, there's a lot of details going on, man. But uh, um, let's get conscious, man. D. Lamar, first topic, please. So, you know, young man Dante Williams, uh, terrible loss of life. We just want to address that situation. I mean, we've all seen what happened. What's your feedback on that? What do you guys think about what happened to that young man? You want to say something? Uh, it was, it was quote unquote messed up, man. <laughs> I mean, it's just I was telling somebody, man, it's exhausting, man, to be black in America nowadays, man. Because <clears throat> every day you wake up, man, it's something new. It's just like, man, how bad can it get? You feel me? And um, it's, go ahead. No, man. I mean, we saw what happened to him. I mean, we broke that down last week, but we it's it's ongoing. And like you said, it is exhausting to 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 watch every day one of us lose our life or the police brutality is like a way of life for us as black and brown people. This young man, traffic stop again. How many times we get stopped for a traffic stop? How many times have you or somebody you know, as soon as the police pull pull up and it ain't even for you. You nervous. So you're like, God damn. He pulls over. He's on the phone with his mama asking for the insurance information because he got a brand new car. Mm-hmm. They pull him out the car because he had another warrant. I can't I don't re- re- remember what it was for. But they cuffing this young man. They trying to cuff him. They trying to harass him on the car. All right, he get back in the car. And you pull your... Firearm instead of your taser. What kind of training are these police? That's what beginning? I was about to say. You're running up, screaming, taser, 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 and then you buck off with your nine millimeter. What the? Not at one point did you have your service pistol in your hand. Man, talking to my brother the other day, he said, "Why are the tasers that officers carry?" Shaped like firearms anyway. Uh, that's what I was telling my wife. I was like, it got like a gun handle. Yeah. Like, it's yellow and it's probably, I think it's more lightweight, but it's like in the heat of the moment. Like, how you know? How do you, you know? You should know. Dominant and, you know, least mm, dominant. Yeah. You should right. know that. That's just It's a 26-year veteran, man, on the force. So right. if she can't do it, mm-hmm. I, always, I was telling my wife, I was like, man, at the end of the day, man, I know there are a lot of good cops out there, man, but there's a lot of incompetence out there. There man. it is. And it's like if you could you need to limit your interactions with police at all time because you don't know what's gonna happen, you know, how it's gonna escalate. And so 
And that's why, you know, when the when the dude uh, in New York, I think his name was Chris Cooper, mm. when the white woman called called he was bird watching. Yep. Like this idea that you're gonna call the cops somewhere where a black body is correct. Like it's almost like a potential death sentence. It definitely because it can always escalate to the next level. And, and unbeknownst to her or not, that woman was a white supremacist. Mm-hmm. Because they know right or wrong, if I say black and yeah. they're bothering me, lethal force can come up and be a minister to any mm-hmm. one of us. So all you got to do is say, oh, he's black. They found so many situations where people have lied and said that the perpetrator was a, a black man or woman just so they could get the police to come and use a certain amount of force. I mean, did we not just talk about that story just last episode with the landlord? Yes. called the police and said, oh, they have a gun. Lying. Yeah. And we said, well, what happened if the police come gun blazing? And that's a very good point, but you got to understand guns didn't come blazing because we were dealing with a situation of good policing and Canadian police yeah. where they came deep, but there were no drunk guns drawn. Mm-hmm. Right. There was simple conversation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I just believe that like nowadays as a black man or, or even anybody, you call the police to fix and de-escalate the situation. But now the police come and they escalate the situation. Normally, you've seen the Canadian police last week come, de-escalate it, yeah. and leave, okay? Yeah, they come and the situation becomes worse, not mm. better. Well, yeah, it's, it's judge, jury, executioner right there, all three police. Mm. And that's just, that's just not how it's supposed to go. I mean, who wants to call the police? It's like, it's to a point now. That if there's a situation where you feel like you need to call the police, you think about it. <laughs> because you say, they might show up and think it's me. Yeah. I mean, come on. Man. That's the truth. And I've heard that more than once, too. Um, we talk about guns drawn, right? We talked about Karan Nazario last week. Mm-hmm. Lieutenant, right? Mm-hmm. Traffic stop again. Every time I watch the video, I say, if it's for a traffic stop, why do you have your guns out? Yeah. 17 years old, riding, watching a movie late night in the Youngstown with my brother and Deuce. First time I ever got a gun pulled on me by a police officer. We come home by one in the morning. It's no cars on the road. They pulled me and my brother and my, and my homeboy over saying that we ran a red light with no cars on the, on the road. Three cop cars pull up. They pull guns on all three of us, make us get out, go through the car, frisking us and all this craziness. For a traffic stop, right? Could have been dead that day. Could have been dead a lot of times. Because this is what we go through as black and brown people. Having a fear from the people that's supposed to protect you. All they do is take our lives. You know, that's... I don't recall ever being stopped for a traffic stop and not being pulled out the car. Come on. And not being pulled out the car. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I can't recall being stopped in... Uh, um, a dude telling me not to get out the car to get out the car like I can't re- it's only been one time where the dogs weren't called mm-hmm. and there wasn't at least four or five other cars for a traffic stop mm-hmm. so it's, that young man lost his life man and, and we not taught to shoot in the leg or shoot to disarm that's, that's always my thing like y'all can't yeah, y'all can't like shoot to disable somebody. Yeah. Like you said, like why is it always straight two to the chest? You know what I mean? It's just I think the training, man, and then it's it's what I call, man, the racist imagination, man. I was telling my wife, it's like that's what we battling against people's imagine racist imaginations because they're imagining that you're this dangerous person. Did you see the video that uh, DL? I saw DL had posted it where the cop was on the car on the white truck. Did you see that one? Yeah. And but it was an old white man driving. He had backed up into the police, and then oh, he rolled off. Yeah. And the cop was still hanging on the, on the side. You know, and there was a cop there. He looked like he had an AR. Mm-hmm. He didn't raise it nothing. to shoot or nothing. Yeah. Dude rolled off. The cop still on the. So it's this idea, and and we talking about the Capitol riots, man. Yeah. How they they can do all of that without no type of uh, uh, fear for their lives Correct. because because white cops use restraint. Whenever against, against white folks, That's you know, true. but when they're imagining black people, mm-hmm. then it's like, hey, you know, these are dangerous 
people, we need to put them down. And that's know? it. And then they also know that the consequences are not there right. for their actions, you know? so It's like all you got to do is be black or brown and you're seen as dangerous. Mm-hmm. Armed or unarmed. Uh, you were yeah. never armed. Yeah. Hardly ever. So I'm watching the show last night. And it's funny that you brought that up. So I'm watching it with my man, Al. Shout out to Columbus Detailing. He detailed my whip last night. So he came in and he watched this show, man. And he was like, this is it's, it's one of the things that he can't understand is how even when foreigners come to this country, how is the narrative just because I'm black or brown, I'm considered dangerous? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't even know the culture, but that's the narrative when you come here is that... Um, Black and brown people in America are dangerous, and I just don't understand where that narrative is driven and where it comes from. I mean, I guess I do know where it's, <laughs> it's where it comes from. Like, I mean, but I'm just saying how how does that how does that follow you through generation through generation through generation? Like, have we not shown enough, or is, or is, is it just so glorified? Well, in my opinion. Um it's not about what we show. It's about what they teach. True that. Okay. Good point. Because <laughs> we're good people. There's bad people of every ethnicity, right? But if it's always taught that you're this way, um, from my experience, when I meet people who aren't from here, they when you think of America, you think of the flag, you think of the pickup trucks, right? You think of white people. You think of cowboys, right? That's what the thought is. No, it depends, man. And I, you when know you think what? of us, which, when you watch it, our TV. I, you know, that showing. is, you could say cowboy, but that's the American culture is black culture. Okay, the, but the, that's not what's shown to the world. Even, even the little bit that is shown to the world. People don't identify with the pickup trucks and the rednecks and all that. You might can, all that you can push out there. But when they come over here, people identify with black culture. It That is the culture no of doubt. America. It is driven. But it's the narrative that they push. Oh, yeah. Just like an, if you're African, right? <laughs> all they show is dirt, shanty towns, mm-hmm. and, and all of that. And, they, and you grow up thinking that's Africa. And, and it's not that at all. But that's what they want you to believe is they're poor, diseased, they don't have anything, and they're, look, their world is in squalor, so they need help. Right? That's the narrative that's pushed it up. I believe it. All right, man. All right. We, well, um, please, 51, <laughs> 51, what we got. Lighten it up just a little bit. Well, just a little bit. Uh, did y'all see Kid Cudi? Perform on Saturday Night Live. I said lighten it up, man. I'm sorry, man. Got, I'm going to lighten it up, but we're going to still be conscious with it. I mean, my man was in a dress. Did you peep that? Did you I saw, see that? I saw. Oh. And so now here we go again. We, we a few episodes back, we talked about the entertainment industry mm-hmm. and the things that you have to do, you know, to to become successful or maintain success. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw this brother in, in, in a uh, in a dress, I'm like, oh no, got you too, huh? What door did you pick? What door did you pick? <laughs> you know. So let's speak on that a little bit. You know, why why are these cats? I think we know why these cats are wearing dresses, but <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, once again, um, I think that the shaping of the way society is now makes those things accepting. Um, if you choose to wear a dress and if that's your lifestyle, fine. But it's just the acceptance. Um, they call it toxic masculinity now, right? So the fact that I'm going to frown upon this man for wearing a dress and I'll say, well, isn't a dress something that a woman's supposed to wear? You can, you get shamed for that, that train of thought. Excuse me? So so I'm toxic? Yeah, yes. I'm just... For I'm, that train of thought... I'm not going to say anything it, anymore. It, it, it's, it's all... It's a, it's a choosing... Uh, choosing mental state that is being pushed mm-hmm. now. So you, it's hard to know where you stand. It's hard to say, well, where can I be? You know, I've heard, don't call a, a woman a female. Maybe yeah, she doesn't choose bit. to be yeah, called a female. Yeah. It's it's very difficult. And that is, the, is, is what's being pushed now. Why is such confusion? 
Why? Why it's all hard. this confusion about something so simple? Well, there's a um, you know there's a I think there's a race between especially celebrities, man. To, to be the most quote-unquote progressive. Yes. Like, the more you can say, like, none of this stuff matters to me, the more, I think, press you get, the more, um, you know, shine you get, especially amongst the the, the celebrities, right? Because oh, wow. everybody's trying to one-up each other. Mm-hmm. Like, this doesn't matter, that doesn't matter. There's, uh, I think there was, uh, my wife and I were talking about this. Uh, they were putting women, like, the word women, but there was an X uh, over the E or there was no E there was an X yeah and uh, and my wife felt a little way about it because it was like well now you're erasing women you know so to kind of make everything like the same there's right. this race to everybody being the same from a, a, a gender perspective correct but that- and it's like but what about those who want to be a man or called a man or those who want to be women right right who want to who who have a lived experience that is either a woman or a man, and they honor that. So right. you see how even how we're talking about this, it's not theoretical. Mm-hmm. This is actual. And it's like there's no gender specificity anymore. But my mm-hmm. thing is, I understand all that, and I understand where people are going with that. But, like, honestly, how can you change the narrative of life? Like, seriously. Like, you're basically lying to me when, when you tell me these things because, like, there's a man and there's a woman unless you're born both, and that's hermaphrodite, and that happens very rarely in mammals and man and humans, okay? But it can happen. So I'll give you another caveat. Give me another caveat. Okay. So, um, okay, you're saying basic life, yeah, man and, and fem- male and female gender, right? Once again, we're talking subconscious nature, right? I didn't choose to be that. That's what it is. You know, I, I, I always, I always, you know, and this is, you know, maybe somewhat controversial. You know, I always felt like, like you remember Rachel Dolezal? Oh yeah. Like if she can't be black, then right. Like she she would she want to be black, right? She's but choosing. We, to. we can't have that. <laughs> you know, that's across the line, you know? Right. So, this idea of like, if she felt like she connected more with black people, their experience, who they are, and that she wanted to be black, why not? Right? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just kind of. No, no, no. Like, why, why can't she be black, but everybody else can be whatever they choose to be? Uh, like, I'm all for people. If you want to live that life and identify as that, no doubt. More power to you. And I do believe that we do need laws in place so that they can kind of live their life and be respected. But, but at what point does it be, does it become like now you're burdening me with having to honor something beyond that? Or I have to tell my children a certain narrative, right? Correct. So now it becomes more intrusive in that way, you know? So, and not, not, not we're trying to shame anybody here no. on Conscious by Nature, no, no. man. We're just trying to have an open, honest discussion, man. If you want to leave a comment on this, yeah. if you want to um, shoot us an email, ConsciousByNatureGmail.com, um, hit us up, man. Um, we're just trying to get a little bit more educated and, and give, us y'all, give, give you guys our point of view. Yeah, because nothing comes through conversation but understanding. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying to foster. Um, positive conversations. So, yeah, hit, yeah, no, nah, D, hit me with the uh, hit me with the next one. So, you know, I want to get back to our guest today and just ask you a couple more questions of him because you spoke about Oasis. We got a whole lot more to talk about Wakanda because Wakanda is everything. Yeah, you know, that, yeah, brother. But um, tell me about flow code, man. Tell me about some flow code. What yeah. is that? So, flow code is like my flavor of what they call no code. So there's a big movement now, uh, especially amongst like technology company founders um, to build software without learning the code. They call it no code. So I call it flow code because I I still think you need to understand what they call computational thinking, Mm -hmm. computational flow, understanding how computers take information, process it, display it, which is a, a lot shorter journey than actually learning the code. Right. Okay. So, 
the idea behind it is that hey, you you can build a technology a piece of technology okay. without actually learning the code, right? That can actually solve problems and that you can monetize and make money wow. off. Right. So it's a shorter path to, you know, building an app or a piece of software or something. So that's what I call flow code. And that's something that I'm really pushing, you know, African Americans to get into. I think black folks, man, sometimes we're intimidated by technology, especially when we're talking about coding and all of that. Yeah. But once you distill it down to really fundamentals, man, really we, anybody can do it. Man. You know what I'm saying? So. Wow, man. So did that Greenwood district, is that part of flow code? So it's funny, man. I built Greenwood District as a project to demonstrate Floco, what you can oh, do with man. Floco. Right? So, can you tell the people yeah. what Greenwood, so district, Greenwood is? district You Everybody knows of Tulsa, Oklahoma, Black Wall Street. Yeah, There was a district in Tulsa called the Greenwood District. It was really their like, uh, marketplace, if you will, right? So, yeah. um, so that's why I called it Greenwood District. But I built a, uh, a mobile app that was a black business directory, uh, yeah. specifically focused here in Columbus. Um, as a project to say like, Hey, and this was right around the time when everybody was like, support black business. We need, yeah. well, you know, I need to find some black, uh, businesses that do this or do that. So I built the app Greenwood district, you know, uh, I built it actually in like a day and a half, man. So just That's the power amazing. of, and again, I'm a little bit more versed at it. Well versed, but some, what you could do if you have an, you have a problem, people are looking for black business. You know, and then you you can build a solution quickly to it. You know, and so that was that, and so you know, it got some uh, some uh, traction out there. Man, bit, listen, you know, so. I thought it was awesome, bro. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. You know, so you could, I mean, you could pull it up now, man, and just uh, it's it's a web app. It's what's called a progressive web app. Okay, so it's really like you're going to a URL, but it displays on your phone like it's a mobile app. Okay, so that way you don't have to download it or anything. So, oh my gosh, man. Uh, amazing technology yeah but just just showing the power of how you can solve a problem with technology and then you you know if you want to take it from there and build a business around it you could do that as well you know so and that's the next goal the technology piece then the entrepreneurship piece right and the reason i push tech entrepreneurship more than any kind of entrepreneur like i mean you could have a barbershop all that's great reason i push tech entrepreneurship is because the returns on something in the technology space are in the billions of dollars, right? So if you think about Robert Smith, black billionaire, he's a technology investor. So when you get to that level where you have $10, $15 billion in net worth, now you can do things like what he did, which is pay off the Morehouse men, their their college uh, debt, right? right. They graduate. Or take a million dollars and build a community center, and it's nothing to you. You feel what I'm saying? Right, right. Because you have a level of wealth that is like unmatched. But you can put that money into the to the programs, projects, communities that you care about. So I'm saying if we get ten thousand more black folk going into technology entrepreneurship, and maybe a hundred of us become billionaires, you know, what does that do? How does that change the landscape for our communities? Right, man? right. So even if you're put because I always was like, yo, man, we got all these rich black folks in entertainment. How come they came together some kind of consortium? That's always the question. And be like, yo, we going to invest strictly in black people. Because I know they invest some in black people and then some in, in, in white companies too. But I'm like, man, we need to focus on our own, man, Like as a, from a strategy standpoint. Because cause that focused wealth will help us then reinvest in our communities and build up. You know, so. Yeah, when, you, when we were talking about that, I mean, that's the whole um, do-for-self methodology yeah, yeah that is right there because you're just, you're using stem mm. to help grow entrepreneurship grow our children into science technology engineering and math and, and these fields are the leading force and mm-hmm. in, in, in the subculture right now for anybody but but you've put your passion behind that man i mean mm-hmm. it comes out and just you explaining what you do. oh thanks man you know what i mean i mean i'm a big believer in like using your talents and experience to to, you know, push the culture forward, mm-hmm. whatever that may be. You, you whatever feel me? it may be. And I'm saying whatever you're doing, you can add a technology piece to it and then make it even bigger. You feel me? So, like, if, you, if you're passionate about homelessness, how can you use technology to solve homelessness? You know, I know that uh, one of the things they're doing is 3D printing 
like units for people to live in. I'm right? saying that. No so homes. you bring down the cost, you know, because you're using a, a, a technology that does that. And then now you're able to kind of solve a problem that plagues, you know, yeah. our community. So um, there's always a tech solution somewhere, in my opinion, to the problems, whether it's education, you know, homelessness, uh, food deserts. No doubt. Man. TP, you got any questions? Yeah, I want to touch on two things. I want to touch on education a little bit. And who shaped you? I know you talked about your father, but was there any other people that shaped you, that molded you, that guided you in that direction to want to help and, uh, and reach kids? Man, uh, other than my father, man, I, I just think just being in the world, man, and seeing, you know, we grew, we grew up in Youngstown, man. Yeah, man. Just like if you've ever been to Youngstown, there's not really a lot going on there. Right. And you grow up there. But I always feel like the people from Youngstown have like a, a special sauce, if you will, like you – you different in a good way though. Yeah, like you man. built differently. Like this idea, like, you know, Youngstown uh, is a still old still town. I feel like the people that come out of Youngstown <clears throat> are driven in a way that is, is just different from most people. Right. And so for me, man, when I first kind of became an engineer and started to have a little bit of money, um, cause when I was growing up, it was always like, when you grow up without money, it's always right. like, I got to get money. Yep. You feel me? That's the mentality. That's it. And once I had it and, and started to kind of live a lifestyle I, I had imagined, it was like, man, I need to do more with this. Like, I can't just sit around and live this life, and I got people I love and care about that aren't able to do it. Because, and so it was like, how do I do that, given my specific talents and abilities, mm-hmm. and then, so that I can multiply everybody else. That's what's up. That's that yo. Because we ain't got none, so we share everything. Clothes, food, everything. We share everything. And it's hard, man, because it's hard in a way because this idea, everybody says it's it's chess, not checkers. Chess is a long game. Yep. (laughs) Right? Yeah, man. A lot of times you run into people who playing checkers and they want what they want right now. And you got to kind of almost filter that out to be like, yo, I'm playing the long game. So, you know, Hold on, you know, let's build, and then ultimately we'll we'll all reap the benefits. You right. Me? So, I love chess, man, because it's a strategic game. You know what I'm saying? You have to, you know, what I'm saying think and, and and move your pieces in a certain type of way. Mm-hmm. You can't just rush it and get yeah. to the kill. That's it. You know, unless you me, unless unless you do. <laughs> <I'm a judge. laughs> My second question, and you've mentioned your wife a couple of times. Yeah. Oh yeah. Speak to her. Be, beside every great man is a great woman. Yeah. So, man, speak to your wife. and Man, man my wife, man, that's my queen. It's funny, man. When uh, uh, when we first started dating, I called her my BBQ, barbecue, <laughs> my beautiful black queen. Hey. Okay. And I think at the end of the day, man, if you honor your, your wife or the woman that's beside you, man, it's funny, man, that idea that, you know, they make you better or they can kind of bring out what's inside of you that may be lying dormant. Right. So I had said my father died. He died actually two days after my high school graduation. Oh, man. And so, like, for me, it was like, man, I was lost for several years. You know, I have I had come down to Ohio State. Was I was at Ohio State for three years. and uh, But I, I had, like, mediocre grades because it's just I wasn't motivated, right? right. So the, guy, the man that guided me was gone. And it was just like, I'm just out here like whatever, man, partying, doing whatever. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I, one time I was like, yo, I'm going to move back to Youngstown, try to get my life together, finish up school there. And that's kind of when my wife and I had connected. She was an all-star in school. You know, she went to Cheney High School. Yeah. She was the valedictorian, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. She was all about school. At that time, she was going to the University of Cincinnati. And so for me, it was like, man, I got to step my game up. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And so it was like, so then you're driven to be like, if I'm going to provide a life me and this woman that I, you know, potentially want to be my wife, then I need to do some things a little bit different, you know what I mean? So it just forced you to kind of straighten up, man up, you know what I mean? So, and ever since then, man, we just kind of been building together. Man, and I know that you got a strong bond with her. I was telling these brothers, I called you and I got your voicemail. And it was like, hey, it's Mo and Erica. And I'm like, man, that's black love right there. And even in the stories that we're talking about today, how many times did I hear you say, I was talking to my wife? I was talking yeah, to my man, wife. Yeah, man, that's my partner, man, for yeah. real, you know. Y'all um, built a lot together, even in, in this. Oh, huh? yeah, she was, actually, man, she was a professor at Audubon University. Oh, and she left her job to run Oasis full-time. How about that? Yeah, 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 so. Uh, 
Yeah, you definitely need that person, man. Yeah. You can't do it in this world by yourself. You know what I mean? I mean, you can. It's just so much easier and so much more fulfilling to me if you got somebody next to you, man. Mm. And y'all building a family and all of that, man. You know, for me, that was always a dream of mine, you know? Yeah. So. That's beautiful, man. Because I know we've had conversations. I've asked the pre-port champ about, you know, what works in, in a relationship. What's key to successful you know, relationship or marriage, and you talk about communication. And you hear him say, hear I it. was talking to my wife. I was talking, and that's yeah, all I do yeah, in mind, too. I was talking to my wife. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That communication, that sitting back and somebody that knows you best, knows your passion, knows your heart, and you bouncing mm-hmm. back and ideas back and forth, but then at the same time, not coddling you, giving you honest, straight-up answers right. and good information that you could need to be successful. Right. So, like, yeah, man, just really just being a good teammate. Yeah. Like, yeah. just being a good teammate in a locker room. If you ever been in a locker room and been a teammate, yeah. you just be a good right. teammate. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's a lot to do with marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of stuff you learn as sportsmen that are applicable to life, man, you know. So, for sure. It's not to say it's all rosy, man. I don't want to put that picture out. Oh, no. We a, know. It's work, man. You know? <laughs> Yo, your boy had to put together cabinets and tables and all yeah, this last yeah. week. Hanging TVs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, listen, I got a whole tool bag, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to go yeah. Home Depot shopping, buy drills and yeah, everything. Man. Oh, yeah, your boy can't put the work. Hey, yes, sir. Yeah. About time. Sure. <laughs> I was waiting on it. I was, she don't get it. <laughs> Oh, uh, where we going? Where we headed? Oh, you know what? I want to talk about the uh, young kid that put his hands up. I got shot. Talk to me about that. Yeah, um, young Adam Toledo. Adam uh, Toledo. 13 years old, man. I believe that was Georgia. That Cook County. I, so. I, thought it was, I thought it was Chicago. Oh, no uh, doubt. Chicago, it, you're yeah. right. Um, Real quick. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> We're having these stories every week. We can't even keep straight where it's happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chicago. It was Chicago. New York. I mean, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, we and we still got we missed a mass shooting last week, but we got another one coming up. <laughs> right. So So that's five weeks in a row. So but go hey, Mr. Uh, Young Toledo, Adam Toledo. Yeah. Um seeing the footage, I don't know if you guys saw um him walking down the alleyway, the cop stopping him, and he turns around with his hands up, all on body cam. The cop was two on this young man, 13 years old. When, I mean, you, the question when will it stop is not a thing for me. I'm such a pessimist. You know, and I say it on this show all the time. I try so hard to have hope for change, but I can't be asking for change from people who ain't trying to do nothing for us. We trying to do for self. My brother right here telling us about the things that he's doing in STEM technology to help us build our people, African, black, and brown people. But we can't keep ourselves safe. My thought, I was in a car just driving the other day, and I said, man, we're so defenseless. Whenever I see these shootings and I watch the comments, they say, how come this person didn't just do what they said or comply? We're, we're, we comply. We follow the law. We stop. We're unarmed. We still get murdered. We still get no justice. I'm reading something the other day, and it might be a show next week, that the police that murdered Breonna Taylor are profiting from her death. Like, what is going on? This is a psychotic world. But when they get nothing happening to them from the deaths of us, what what would make them stop? And and it's painful. Because your kids grow up and they get old. And just like our parents did with us, we got old. And they feared for us the same way. It's bad because now we're the adults talking about it. Now we're doing something. We have the ability to get the knowledge and information right now like they did it. They just knew about it. They saw things happen. Now for us, it's right here, and we're able to get the information to educate ourselves further on what the true agenda has been. What do we do with that information? How do we help one another? That's what this show is. That's what Wakanda's doing and all organizations like that. All we can do is continue to push this for our viewers 
and listeners and drive conversation to hopefully make some kind of change, but it's so hard, man. It's chess, man. It's chess. It's chess. You know, and uh, we just got to figure it out, man, and work together, man, more than anything. You know what I mean? Definitely. Unity and unification in all aspects, networking. Those are the ways that we can help our people right now because we're building the foundation for futures. Mm-hmm. You said something that was key, unity, right? And you saw unity in the case of the young man who got bullied in this neighborhood walking the street. Yes. Right? That white man came up to him, get out my, you know, my neighborhood, this thing and the other. And that was right? his neighborhood. And he lived there, right? But you saw unity. The next day, black folk rose up and said, uh-uh, come push me. Right. You know, so we need more of that. Saying, if we're gonna be able to do the things we want to do later on in life, yeah. I mean, I think just, I mean, that was a perfect example, man. They just they think we they can bully us. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I one of the reasons I call the platform Wakanda, man, is because when you think about Wakanda, man, everything about Wakanda is like black excellence, man. Right. So not only technology, culture, their government, the way they operate yeah. and do everything. And then from a technology standpoint, Wakanda's Wakanda because can't nobody touch them. Can't nobody touch them. Like, because of the level of technology that they had, it was like they could go out and really destroy the world if they wanted to. Vibranium is everything. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and like, on some level, man, I think as a people, we can get we can get to that. I was telling my wife, man. <laughs> See? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because we had these conversations, man. <laughs> That's like, great. if you imagine, man, like, like, Black excellence yeah. is like the top excellence. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Like, mm. if you think about like the best of our people, they're the best of every people. Yep. In whether that's sports, politics, uh, you know, business, definitely, they're the best of the best. Yep. You feel me? So like, uh, always uh, Morgan Morgan Freeman always played God, or he played <laughs> a president. That's it. Because. That image, I think subconsciously anyway, in people's mind, like black a black man is like the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. A wise black man is yes. the pinnacle. Yes. Right? It's just in reality, we haven't gotten there yet. But right. I think, you know, I think we can, you know, if we work hard at it. So. Good stuff. Good stuff, yeah, gentlemen. Man. Good stuff, man. At 51, what you got for me? Something new? Well, let's 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 go to sports for a little bit. All righty. I'm saying, and you know, let's talk about LeBron James real quick. Okay, for sure. Right, and and that's gonna feed into something I gotta ask my man anyway. So that's great. <laughs> Do you already know what time it is? Let's go right into that. Okay, about the school and everything that he's doing right now. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I know you are affiliated with um, the I Promise School. Uh-huh. You know, um, I actually my cousin did some teaching down there. My my cousin Kiana. Okay. Um, but um, you know. I, how did that come about for you, man? Yeah, man. I mean, that that right there, we're talking about black excellence, mm-hmm. unity. Like, he made sure that he put the right people, it seems like, in place to help him oh, build yeah, that. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. It's a team effort. So, all right, so I guess it goes back to maybe like seven years ago, man. And it's this is that idea of chess, right? Okay. So, I'm I first got, you, yeah. <laughs> my dog. I ain't played in a while, man. But, um, so actually, man, and I've been an entrepreneur trying to do my thing for a while. So about seven years ago, man, I had went up to Akron. There was a, 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 a organization called 100 Urban Entrepreneurs. They were given $10,000 in these pitch business pitch competitions, you know, okay. to black entrepreneurs. So I, I was like, man, at the time I was working on some, a website called Buckeye Share, I believe. It was about it was a Buckeye football fan site, you know, alumni okay. site. Um, so I went up there. I was like, I'm gonna pitch my idea, try to get some money or whatever. So I drove up to Akron from Columbus. Um, but up there, they were partnering with the LeBron James Family Foundation. Yeah. So the judges were Mav Carter. Oh. Right. So Mav was a, and then um, the uh, the executive director of the LeBron James Family Foundation. So you know, I went up there. I pitched. They were only supposed to get ten grand away to one winner, right? So, but they ended up they so they announced the winner, um, and it was somebody else. But then they were like, "But you know, we got another ten grand from the LeBron James Family Foundation for me." It turned out to be me, so hey. they called me up and I won or whatever. Um, and uh, you know, I met Mav or whatever that That's day and stuff. And uh, 
but so, you know, from that point, you know, I had interacted with them. I came up another time, came to the offices. So I knew the executive director and all of that from that. Okay. Uh, fast forward, Buckeye Shane work out, but I still had the connection. I had to connect. Okay. <laughs> so I was good. Yeah. Hey, you've so been hustling. Yeah, I heard yeah. you got in the whip and yeah, go to yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so when they came with the I Promise School and it was a STEM school, this is when I was doing Oasis. Oh, it man. was like, oh, Perfect. man, let me reach out. Yeah. Right? Reached out. They was like, oh, yeah, great. Let's send, send us some stuff. What you think about doing? We'll vet it. Because, you know, yeah. anything that's going there got to be premium. Definitely. You know? Definitely. Um, and so they gave it to the teachers. They loved it. Like, hey, we want to do something. So that was kind of how that came about. Yes, sir. Nice. And so then we were were doing stuff. Actually, uh, when the pandemic hit last year, we were still there. You know what I mean? Doing doing stuff. So we haven't been back since then because of the in-person learning. But, but yeah, that's how that was built, man. You know what I mean? Oh, man. But, but yeah, playing a long game, man, building that relationship, maintaining it. Excellent, yeah, excellent. Man. What you got? Anything else? That's it, man. What you got? Anything else? Now, you know what? Let's stay on LeBron for a second. Okay, just, for just sure. Real quick, man, because yeah, I'm yeah, thinking yeah. about the league. Yeah. And, you know, he's winding down, right? Yeah. And I wonder, how is the league going to be able to move forward when he retires? Will they be able to, you know, push forward? I don't think there's a star in the league right now. That, that young kid, Ball, he got some juice out there. But uh, he hurt now, but, man. I, and I, you know what? I, I He's the only one I can think of so, offhand. I'm worried about the league because, yeah. you know, you talking after about Mike game? was Kobe, after Kobe was LeBron, and it's just like, who's that guy? There's not a guy that takes me like that, right. that you tune in every night to watch. Right. There, there isn't. Even Durant even isn't oh, that guy, yeah. and he's, right. like, turning me off with his attitude now. Yeah, yeah. He's right there in age you know, a little bit with LeBron, so he, I mean, he's on his way. Pretty much, you know, done. It's difficult because LeBron is bigger than basketball. And that's the thing. That one, when, when Jordan was, was leaving the game, that was a thought process. Yeah, yeah, we were like, that. where's the next Jordan? And then it became Kobe Bryant and then so on and so forth. And it's like the impact on that's bigger than the game is what you look for in the iconic face of basketball. Mm-hmm. So I, that person is not in the league. And if he is, he has not shown himself. So first it comes with, um, extraordinary talent, right? Which it was LeBron had when he came in in 03. It was like, oh, amazing. We watching this guy to Akron saying V when he when he was was there, but he wasn't bigger than the game yet. So maybe that's what they envisioned for Zion Williamson, but I'm not seeing that because that's what they were talking about for that kid. But I'm not seeing that. We crushed that dude the other day. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm a Knicks fan once again. <laughs> but I don't think he's in the league yet. Whoever this is, maybe, maybe not. That's a that's a great one. I don't know. I don't know where they go from here, man. The league is the league. It'll be a guy, and you know what? There's always some powder puff cream puff dude. They'll puff up mm-hmm. and try to tell me something about him. So you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah Mac Jones. Oh, but you Lord. know what I mean? They'll, yeah. they'll, there's always some dude. They'll puff up and tell me some yeah. bullshit about you. Yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. believe that. There's a guy after LeBron, though, oh, whatever. You know what I mean? Mike, we got Kobe. Kobe, we got LeBron. From there, we had Magic. We were spoiled. Mm -hmm. Dr. J, okay? Like, we're going to get a guy. There's going to be a guy. Yeah, wait and see. They was talking like Steph Curry a few years back was going to be that that man, remember? Yeah. And uh, he's amazing still. He doesn't do enough. Like, Like, personally... To, to, to be the face of the league, you have mm-hmm. to be able to come down the lane and smash on somebody's <laughs> yeah. face. Yeah. I, not, like, not nothing yeah. personal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We I, old, I love his, yeah. I love his yeah. game, okay? Yeah, yeah, but to be, young kids don't care, man. to be that guy, you got to be able to do both. You got to yeah. be able to splash a three, and you got to be able to smash on somebody's face. Not only that, you got to be able to sauce, too. Nah, oh, nah, yeah. Curry can sauce. But he can't. Sauce. I wonder the last time he smashed on somebody's face. He ain't smashing on nobody's oh, face. Yeah. He's shooting that three from the from midcourt. Yeah. That's cool. That's the that the young cast. They that's, yeah, that's what they true. like. That's what they like. And that's what they're trying to emulate. That's all they emulate. Mm-hmm. Some think that that's if you, you can't know, shoot a three, your team is going nowhere. <laughs> See, you know what? Okay, that's and, true. And I remember coach be like, "Oh, you always trying to triple him." 
Like, is that better <laughs> to emulate? Because I remember my coach used to always be at me. I know that bill shit you down trying to get to the basket. Yeah, he but, been talking like that too. Yeah, I know just, who your coach just, was. Just talking to me just like that. <laughs> get your ass over here. <laughs> so it's like, um, do you want that? At least coach, 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 at least I'm going to the line getting fouled. <laughs> like, you want this cat back here dribbling, just jacking these threes up, man? Come on, man. Like I ain't gonna lie, the product of basketball right now is very diluted. When I when I look at the game, I know everybody's like, "Oh, it's open and it's wide," but like, it's very diluted. Mm-hmm. When I watch it, there's no pad, there's passing, cutting, player movement. Yeah. What are we talking about here? <laughs> you know, we have no idea. People, yeah. you, you, if you're under 15, you're like, "What player movement?" Right. What is that? What's the triangle? A back pick? I don't understand what you're <laughs> talking about. Lost art. A California cut? Uh, you know what? <laughs> Let's not get on to this sports thing. I can get here all day, man. But uh, take us home, man. Hey, listen, man. We want to thank Brother Mo coming through, man. Yeah. Shit. Time with us, Shit. Man. Thanks for having me. Fuck. We thank the new subscribers Definitely. joining us. And uh, again, thank you. Hitting us up in the cash app as y'all do. That goes directly to the show. Uh, and we'll be back next week. Thank you. D. Lamore. Hey, man. Once again, truly honored to have you here, bro. Thanks, you know, man. Thanks um, for having me, man. Yeah, you've had a lot of very great things to share with us. I'm hoping that the viewers and listeners are able to grab something from um, what Brother Womack has offered to give to us today. Growing our children, growing our communities through STEM technology, building for the future of our people, building for self. Those are some of the points we talked about today. Um, Take it with you. We're going to make sure that we have all of his information in the links below so that you can be a part of Wakanda. And um, I already signed up. I know these brothers signed up, so you should too, to learn something for yourself and help yourself. Mr. Walmack. I mean, in in addition to that, man, again, thanks for having me. I love the platform. I love y'all. I think uh, y'all got something here, man. Keep building. And uh, however I can support going forward, for sure, let me know, man. I do want to mention, man, my next app. Let's do it. Is the Hairdrop app. So it's a beauty and barber supply delivery app. So you can order beauty supplies on your front of your phone. Oh, man. Have it delivered in an hour. Come on, so that, bro. That's built. Like I said, I'm, I'm out here trying to solve problems for the black community. We spend disproportionately on beauty and hair care products. Like you seen the movie uh, Chris Rock. Yeah. Hair. Mm-hmm. Right, um, but we about to take that over, you know. So we going worldwide with hair drops. So. <laughs> That's At least happens. in my mind, <laughs> hey, hey. see if it happens. So. For sure. Hey, uh, thank you for joining us today, man. Um, thank you for tuning in to this culture by nature in this Black Love Movement we got going on over here, man. Um, appreciate our special guest, Mr. Walmack, for coming in today. To my brothers, yeah. great conversation, great wow. topics today, man. Beautiful show, man. Y'all look so good. Cleaned oh, man. up, man, very nicely, man. <laughs> you know what it is, man. Next week, 8 o'clock, don't miss Conscious by Nature. Stay conscious, everybody. Stay conscious. Peace. Check. Yeah.
Thank you for joining us, everybody. This is the host, Money Mac, the pretty boy champ. For the scholar, D. Lamar, and the genius, Tyson Area 51 Porter. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Conscious by Nature. Stay conscious, everybody.